All right. Welcome back to the Curiously Guided Podcast, the place for intuitive business owners and curious minds. We're your hosts, Shay and Mariah. And today we're talking all about building a SaaS company from scratch with our guest, Nicholas Bayash. Um, to be honest with you guys, I've always been curious about SaaS um, and, and what it goes into. We have quite a few friends that have like invested in SaaS companies or started their own SaaS companies. And SaaS means software as a service, if you don't know that. So starting there, um, it, it to me, it seems like a really smart business model, given just like the way of the world these days. Um, but I've also heard it's very, very challenging and hard to get into. So I've just always been curious about like, what are the behind the scenes of starting one of these software as a service companies? How does it look? What's the manpower that goes into it? Like, where do you even start? Um, so we really got to kind of grill Nicholas about um, the trials and tribulations that go into creating a SaaS company from scratch. I thought it was very, very interesting the way that he and his partner go about um you know, validating their ideas and solving a real problem in the market. You know, they their story is one of a lot of pivots of checking in with their people, of listening, of tweaking and refining. And, you know, those are some of Mariah and I's favorite topics. So I just think the story of how this business came to be is fascinating, along with what the business actually is. So Nicholas's business is called Streamly, and it's all about using live video to build community and to also drive sales. And so I really think this idea, the way that he's talking about using live video is the future. I think that this is going to be this kind of service we're going to start to see everywhere in the coming years. He really seems like he's on the forefront of something. And just the way that he's thinking about this tool as a powerful community building tool and the results that they're getting with it is absolutely fascinating. So this episode has really, really sparked my own curiosity. I really enjoyed interviewing Nicholas and I'm excited to share it with y'all. Yeah. And I think just his story, like you said, really drove home how important testing and tweaking is and also market research. Like we find software companies they do even more market research than like us service-based people. And I think that it's very interesting because like, it's just, it's so like, it just kind of re-put the spotlight on how important actually talking to your people is and finding out what problem they solve. Because a lot of us go into business of just like, I'm really good at this. I'm going to start offering this. And then some people will be like, oh fuck, but I don't know if people actually need that. And since like a software like a SaaS company, it, it can get really expensive with the development. It's like they have to really make sure what the problem is before they start throwing all of this money into it. So I think that it kind of just shines a light of like how truly important talking to the market is figuring out who the fuck are you helping. And so like Nicholas is uh, there, him and his co-founder, they are really, really like zoning in on e-commerce brands. And I think that that's an important part of his story because like his software primarily does help e-commerce brands just in the terms of like how it's set up and things like that. And I think if he didn't nail that from the beginning, it might be a little harder to get people to pay attention to it. And so I think, yeah, um, I think that the software itself is fucking fascinating to me. I think that it's very interesting. And then in this interview in this conversation we talk a little bit more about just like what do you like what the fuck do you talk about when you're doing a live video and he gave really good like tangible tips 
about communicating with your audience, building community around your brand, ways to drive traffic to your website, and like gave us an overview and examples of like how people use live video to grow their business. And I think just like the behind the scenes aspect of this story of this interview is really, really helpful. So Nicholas's bio, he was made in France, made based in Atlanta. So Nicholas is the co-founder of eStreamly, a live and video commerce SaaS platform empowering brands, retailers, and creators to engage shoppers and sell seamlessly using the power of shoppable videos. So prior to eStreamly, Nicholas was a sales leader at Natrex, a company supporting CPGs and brands transitioning to natural foods. Citizen of the world, he had the opportunity to work and live across several continents. Passionate about innovation and commerce, he loves exploring, learning, and having a positive impact on people's lives. So let's just kick it in to this episode. All right. So in this episode today, we have Nicholas Bayash, CEO and co-founder of eStreamly. And we're all just over here giggling because like, if you guys see how he spells his last name, I don't know why it's so difficult for me to pronounce. I think it's because I'm extremely Polish that it's like weird for me to see another last name that it's like, I don't know how to pronounce and it's really throwing me off. But I mean, like, what's up, Nicholas? Welcome to the podcast. Oh, wow. I was so excited to be here. It was uh, a great uh, introduction. I love it. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you about, I don't know, I I feel like so many things. What you have created with eStreamly is like this this powerful SaaS company that helps people like e-commerce businesses be able to sell on live video and we can we can talk about eStreamly specifically but I guess like can you start us from the beginning of like how did you get started with creating a SaaS company like aren't they super like financially heavy to start developing and stuff can you just like take us there uh well so that's uh you know I come from a, a background of my parents were entrepreneur and and I come from a background of uh Food, uh, food, si- food side. I was actually a food scientist. I never thought about doing anything IT. I think I I learned that coding was a thing through the Khan Academy, uh, and I thought it was cool. Uh, and I always uh, I always try to have an impact um, and uh, on my career. Everything I've been doing is trying to have an impact on people on on lives. And one of the things that I've seen during the the pandemic is really like this notion that how do we how do we help entrepreneurs? Like there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there, brands that have really awesome product, but they're just failing because retailers don't have shelf space. Uh, and so people have only kind of one choice. It's like you go to the farmer's market, but you can't really scale because it's only you and, and as many people you can get. Or what you do is you do online. And, you know, if you're someone like me, you know, I don't, go well on Instagram picture. You know, I, I don't look pretty um, and I don't know how to make like some funny dance or anything. So uh, what else can I do? Now, I know to talk to people and I, I was like, how, how do we, how can we not be possible to do that? Like, I want to be able to talk to people and then people just have a, a buy button on it. You know, it doesn't have to be that complicated. It happened, it is complicated, but uh, I didn't know that. And so I just met my co-founder and they said, hey, how do we bring people at the center of commerce? And she's like, oh, you know, 
that's very hard. And I so, said, and then we, we, you know, tried around and, and yeah, after two years of trying, we say, Hey, why don't we do it for live stream? And she say, I think I can make it happen. So that's how it came out. I want to know more about those two years. So what were you guys, were you just hiring developers and like prototyping or what did that look like? Oh, no, no, no. It's uh, absolutely not that. So we were actually uh, talking to people. We did a lot of interviews trying to understand like, what's the problem? How do we address it? Uh, but we didn't know what problem we were addressing. Uh, so we were just talking randomly to people and I'd love to talk to people. So that's, I think that it was great for that. But I, you know, I think we did probably 150 interviews trying to bring people out of center of commerce. So first, initially we said, okay, we'll probably do it through blockchain because blockchain is cool. Everyone talks about it. And, you know, I bought a couple, you know, uh, Ethereum and all that. So it must be cool. Uh, to realize that, you know, it's so hard people count on board on it, it's super difficult. So we kind of done this idea and then we say, okay, well, what else can we do? Uh, but always through a fruit angle, because I love food and I felt that that's something I know and I, and I know how to move and, and all that. And then we say, okay, well, maybe we can do, uh, we had this, this idea of like, maybe we can do like a, a retail store and then we have a, a 360 camera in the middle that, and so, and it's streaming all day long. And then people can watch it. And then they somehow, somewhat, they have like a screen where we like put some sort of a Zoom call and then you can engage, you know, someone digitally or physically and then ship ship the one that are And then we, we realized it was like really dumb and people don't understand the concept. And like, why would you even do that? And, and, and also like food business is very hard. And then we kept on, trying to find things around that, keeping doing interviews and all that. And then at one point, uh, we looked at what was happening in China and like people shopping like crazy over live stream. And, and my partner said, hey, you know, you know, the problem is maybe that's the food idea is dumb. Maybe we should just keep the technology. And I know how to do that. And so, we, so she put a prototype like in a matter of two weeks. Wow. Uh, it was like really, you know, bad looking and everything. And I'm saying like, wow, we can do that in two weeks. So we can do the whole thing in free probably, right? Well, been, uh, two years after, we're still we're still on no beta, but uh, it's, it's really fun. So uh, that's how we end up to be uh, what we are. Uh, and I'm learning every day because, you know, I am not a coder. Uh, I don't know anything about technology. I mean, I, I, I have a windows and i know how to open it up and you know like um, manipulate excel and all that but that's kind of the extent of my uh it uh technology skills but you know i've obviously i've progressed since then but uh that was that was my uh, <laughs> that was my start that's so interesting that like you weren't even interested in like this technology aspect of it and you're just like looking at it from a completely different angle. And we we interviewed somebody on the podcast in season one that was also creating um, like a, a SaaS product. And she was saying that like a lot of it has to, like the development of it, you have to be talking to people so much and interviewing so much because it's like, it costs a lot of money to get people's eyeballs, especially on like, uh, software essentially, because it's like, people don't want to spend too much money, like in air quotes on software, but it's like the actual technology of it is so advanced where it's like blockchains. I'd be like, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, and then it's like, how do you, how do I work those to be able to do something? And even 
when I was creating websites, I used to have people be like, do you create apps? And I'm like, yo, that's a different beast, dude. Like, unless you're asking me, hey, is my website mobile responsive? I could say, yeah, but it's like, if you want an app, it's like, to me, my brain shut off. And I was just like, that is like blockchains to me. That is like, absolutely not, not touching that with like a 10 foot pole. So I, I think that this, it's, it's interesting looking in hindsight about like where you are now versus like how you got into it. And just like all of these ideas that were on the on the piece of paper that you end up crossing off, but end up getting you exactly where you need to be. And it's like what what I think about, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I've never uh, used Eastreamly, but it's like, is it kind of like like QVC? Do you know what QVC is? Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it's kind of QVC, but on your phone. Uh, so the the whole the whole idea of uh, of Eastreamly is that uh, we want to empower brand creator, um, you know content creators um, to go into a live stream. That live stream can be on your website, on your blog website, on your mom blog, wherever you want, but that is shoppable. Uh, and that shoppability is, uh, has to be, for us, the way we think about it is like, it has to be your e-commerce, it has to be your payment, it has to be your data. Um, so we wanna be like this white label solution uh, where you kind of, it's a plugin, you put it there and you can, you can start selling, uh, uh, like, like you were engaging, uh, through a zoom or, you know, through a, like a physical conversation, but people can just click the, the computer, keep watching you understand, see your products, see all the info that does product have inventory, whatever, and then buy. And, uh, we do that. So initially we started to do that on, uh, obviously website. Uh, through an embed or so an iframe basically and now we are also doing facebook youtube instagram and trying to see how we break into get into more space like for instance we are working on a partnership to do shopable video in store through like the, the big display so wow. you see a display you're like oh wow that's pretty cool and then you bring your phone in and then bam the experience transfer to your phone and now you can continue watching what you were watching but on your phone this time and then be able to shop so trying to to get into that space and make that uh video as immersive as possible and as shoppable as possible where you, where you see it basically yeah that that was kind of, oh uh, I was just, yes. you go ahead right yeah i was just going to say um yeah that was kind of my question of just like how do we get people to watch this video like if we have this video and it's like we want people to shop and be able to buy from the video it's like how are we getting people to see that there's even a video to be watched and i just know that so many e-commerce people are like well i don't want to grow my instagram because it's just a pain in the ass to grow on that platform and like i don't own that content that i create and like if instagram goes away blah 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 so i like that aspect even i mean the in real life display is fucking cool and then even even when you said like a shoppable live stream on your website, I didn't even like consider that. It's like a, like a website QVC. And I just think of QVC because like my family has bought so much stuff from there. Like my brother, literally, like if you put a video of like how cool this like tennis shoe is in his face, he's like, I need six of them, dude. I don't care how many payments. I need all the fucking shoes. So it's like, I know that that works so well. And like being able to have like smaller e-commerce brands and not just people like Rachel Ray sell her fucking cookware. It's like how cool that we can bring that into that smaller e-commerce arena. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think there's really two things on what we're saying, on what you're saying that I think I'll just point out. So the first thing is you don't build on rented land. And, and you know, I've, I've heard that hundred times. Now, rented land doesn't mean that uh, it should be avoided, right? In this case, what, what we're saying is that, well, um, what if you continue, if you push your live on, on Facebook, right? Right now, when you're on Facebook, it's super, super hard to actually get to know the email and engagement of the person that are there, right? Now, we know that people will absolutely drop their contact if there is like a giveaway or something fun or something easy for two reasons. If you make it easy for them to share the contact. And then second, if like you are in the app experience, right? They don't have to leave Facebook. And that's where we come in with our technology. You don't have to leave Facebook. And then to get their contact, it's just one click on, do you want to sign in on Facebook? And then, oh yeah, I'm already in Facebook. I click on the Facebook button. And now you know that Jennifer with their email address, uh, is actually dropping a contact and wants to know more about you or she watched this video and she buy this product. So even if she didn't buy, you you kind of have an understanding of what she did on that video itself. So what that's, that's really uh, interesting. So that's why not building on rented land, this is really, you can build on rented land, but then you, how do you transfer that back to your own data so you can leverage that customer base and continue engaging with them, even if they come from Facebook. So, so that's one thing. Now, the other thing that you were mentioning that I think is, is, is interesting is this notion that, hey, you have a video you want to shop and people buy, like, like your browser is doing. Well, I will say that um, when, we, uh, when we have brand that have community, right? If you, if you start off zero community, no one knows you, no one know what the product you're selling or anything. Don't expect to sell, right? And especially at the first one. Now, if you have a bit of community and people kind of know who you are, why you're here, and then you've done a, a little bit of work to kind of getting them there, you're going to sell. What we see is like, you know, around an average of 15% conversion rate. We had some client that went all the way up to 29.5%. Uh, but the real value, uh, I mean, there's real value. The, the real money making is on the evergreen content, meaning that you produce your live stream. That live stream has life, right? People will turn into the VOD and then keep keep shopping. And we actually see the sixty percent of the sales are on the VOD itself, not so much on the live. Wow. So, so you're produce today. You're producing a piece of content for Instagram. Uh, you're putting it there so people will like and view. But that's it, right? Now, what if that piece of content was on Instagram, but also on your website? People that land on your website, they can binge your website. Oh, there's this cool piece of content. They watch it. And then they, guess what? They, they may want to watch another one, another one. And by, and by the way, every time it's there, there's a buy button that can make it super easy for them to buy. And so this is the this idea of like 80% uh, of the internet is video consumption. So today, if you are not into the video business commerce, you're kind of turning away 80% of what people do every day. So you have to find a way to bring video and what a great way of doing that on your on your website. All right, I'm curious. Back to when you were interviewing all these people and hearing about their problems with e-commerce, what was, I, A, I think that is the smartest way to build a business, to find a real problem that real people are having and then build a solution for it. But was that the problem? Like, what were the themes you were hearing from e-commerce owners? Was it this idea of like, my content doesn't have any shelf life to it. I feel like I make an Instagram video, it goes down. I don't know how to get people back to my website. Like, what was the themes of the problems you were hearing? 
Well, I think I think the biggest problem I think uh, lie on what Maria was asking, right? Like, how do I get people to view my content? I think that's, and it's the same thing for for e-commerce. Like, how do you get through the crowd, right? So e-commerce is, I mean, the the the, the online. Uh, you know the the online commerce, right? It's like you 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 are open door to the world. Like all of a sudden, you can talk to nine billion people, or actually six, right? I think there's only six on on internet, six billion people, or you can talk to six billion people, but uh, on the back of them, and no one can hear you, right? And so that's that's kind of the big problem with with e-commerce, right? And so. Um, when you talk to the right amount of people, like in China, there was this guy who sold for $1.7 billion of product in a 12-hour live stream. So think about that, right? 12 hours, $1.7 billion. That's pretty amazing, right? So, what was he selling? What was he selling? His name Do is the know? Lipstick King. And he's selling on live stream like uh, lipstick stuff, you know, like beauty product, like a little bit of tech product, like a bunch of product, right? But he's like uh, six year in a row that he's been selling as kind of the superstar over there. And and every time he goes live, he sells a lot of things. Um, but he has built this audience, super responsive. People love him. And he has been able to get through the crowd, right? He, when he's saying something, people listen. So, and and that's what, what, what we're seeing, right? So with video, when, when people see your content, they tend to, to, to purchase. Um, but the, the, to, but uh, coming back to the problem is, okay, you have to find a way to uh, get out, put yourself out there, and then communicate. And the challenge, I think, in my view, is um, uh, if you are not a, a great marketer, right? And and but but uh, how do you do that, right? So you you know, like today to sell a product, what 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 asset do you have? You have picture, you have text, right? You have your packaging, right? Of 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 your product. And then you have your story and what you say, but it's very difficult for you to, to translate that. And so what we're saying is like with video and live stream, this is the opportunity to kind of what we're doing in this podcast, right? This bringing on this authenticity, your own self to the front of the scene and being yourself a new asset to get through the crowd. Mm -hmm. So instead of only having like picture, text, and um, and, and, and your packaging as a way to communicate with your audience, you have yourself. And there's no better salesperson than yourself to sell your product. I mean, I mean, that's, 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 you know, if, if you, if anyone has ever done a farmer's market, I grew up on the farmer's market. My parents were entrepreneur and it, it like you could go and talk to any farmer on the market, right? Or, or, or just, just retailers. They will say the same thing. If I'm, if the business owner is the one doing the sale he's doubling, he's doing double of the sales. Like if it's an employee. Mm -hmm. And everyone knows that, right? It's yep. so at the end of the day, there's no better person than the one that know the brand, believe the brand, breathe the brand every day to sell. Uh, now you have maybe in your community some diet fund customer, and they can maybe be better sellers than you because they know how to engage content. And we can talk about that. But um, that's basically bringing yourself up, being authentic, that you're just giving your brand a new opportunity to to shine mm. 
I love that. Um, you're helping me. Mariah and I shot an episode this morning all about sales. And now you're helping me connect the dots between video and sales. And we talked a lot about the importance of just that human connection, you know, letting people see you, see your face, feel your vibe, you know, like, and you are your own best advocate. So I love that. And I'm curious, you know, this idea that video is so important is certainly something that I hear daily. I'm experiencing it. Like I see the trends, but why do you think video is important and will continue to grow in um, importance in this world? Yeah, I, I think uh, the, the unfortunate reality is uh, we all, uh, us as human, we're becoming lazy and lazier, right? And so don't ask me to read something, but I'm okay with consuming a piece of content that come to my mind and like start to move and, and, and you know, has a, has a sound and all that, right? So, so it's easier to get a message through a video than it is through a text and picture. And so I think that's, that's why, uh, you know, video is so, so immersive in my view. Right. Um, and, and I, I do believe it's going to continue to grow because, you know, it, it's, it's also super easy to swap. Right. So you, when you're on a, uh, a website, which has a lot of page and text and everything, you know, you have to leave that website go over. Right. But now with, with on your phone, you have a video, you can swap that video very easily. Same thing with, with it, obviously the Instagram, the picture and all that. But this notion that, you know, you can move on very quickly. Uh, so you want to have that attention being grabbed on the first couple seconds and then you deliver. So the hook is super important basically with your video. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's why I believe video is always going to be there because, uh, you know, attention spam is just declining so much shrinking yeah 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 i think it's that and when you see somebody on video you feel like you know them without actually knowing them yeah, it's absolutely. that trust factor mm -hmm. that just skyrockets because it's like oh not only can i see you i can watch your facial expressions i can hear your voice and how you're how you're wording things and then it's like i can i can start to pick up on like the energetics of like actually who you are and then my brain starts to get like subconscious clues about do i think that you're telling the truth yeah. And like, are you trustworthy? And I, I think that's why video, especially like UGC, like user generated content is so powerful because it's not as produced as the other stuff, like old commercials used to be. And I think that that's why I just keep using QVC because I literally grew up on that shit. But it was like, that's why that stuff is so powerful because like, it's not, I mean, it was like a production, but it wasn't produced like a commercial like a nike commercial of somebody wearing the shoe and running down the street and now they're automatically superman it's like it's literally just like somebody standing there talking about the product and pointing things out and i think my question and that that brings me to my question of like what the fuck do you talk about on a live stream <laughs> yeah i was well, like 12 hours what <laughs> yeah, like i'm just like look at this yeah. lipstick i look so great in lipstick do you want a lipstick how about you like <laughs> So, so, uh, so surprisingly, uh, for, first of all, uh, we have to realize that very few viewers are going to stay the whole episode of your life, right? So in general, you, you, you are talking to an audience that rotate every eight minutes. So, so someone is going to rotate every eight minutes. So you want to kind of like, uh, make sure that you, your content is chop it up into schmott small pieces and then you either repeat or you just move to the next thing 
so that's one thing. Um, the thing that are important to a live stream is you can have the best product with the 150 features, but please don't tell me the 150 feature, right? So you want to, the three things that are important to know about the product and don't tell me why I should buy this product, but tell me what is my problem and what is your product solving, right? And so at the end of the day, it's about like, what's in it for me? And it has to, the content has to be about me, 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 right? I want to be, I want to be the rock star in this thing. I don't know about you and I won't say I won't care, but I'm saying about, I, I want to know how, what it does for me because I'm going to stay here for a very short period of time and I want to be excited about it. And I want to maybe have a super price, like something I won't find or knowing that I will receive a card from you. And I, by the way, I love you. So that's really awesome. Or that uh, you're, I'm going to get something special that only myself are going to get because I'm doing my purchase right now. So, so this is kind of what uh, the content is. Now, the other thing is when you're producing content, you because we are also simulcasting social, like to broadcasting social, like Facebook, YouTube, Instagram is like, okay, what are, uh, what can you do to feed the algorithm? Right. Because there's no such thing as, okay, you need to feed the human, but you also need to feed the algorithm because if your algorithm start to be fed properly, they'll go say, oh, wow, a lot of people love this thing. Like they need to push to more people. And then if you push to more people, you get more sales. Right. So it has to be two things. So, algorithm they will look at two things consistency of your show like are you here you know very often how often are you are you producing content and then are people engaging on your life right or are they just tuning in and tuning out so one of the uh, thing that uh, often people will do is that they will try to generate uh, uh i want uh, like artificial uh, engagement artificial per se right so for instance you can have a game going on where people have to on the chat uh, um, kind of uh, uh, how to guess what's the number of that box and if they are able to open the box then they get a, a coupon or something and now all of a sudden you've if you have 30 people on your show you have 30 people trying to to give you a combination right and then the algo is like oh my god like people are engaging like crazy because like you've got 30 people chatting and so it's pushing and then people are saying, oh, wow, there's this thing. And so so artificially you're feeding the algo saying, hey, you know, this is a super engaging live, right? It doesn't know what the content is. It's like looking at it from a chat perspective, engagement, share, like, and everything. So so you want to find, you you also want to feed the algo in some way so, so people can actually augment yourself. Uh, but this doesn't happen on the first live. This happens when you start to have consistency and, and you start really, you know, uh, do that so at first you want to be about talking your product going through making it entertaining telling maybe some of your story but remaining short about the value prop and what it's in it for me as a consumer uh, more than anything else i was actually on the other end of something like this i don't i don't know if you guys are football fans but when <clears throat> the football season was going Von Miller, who's on the Buffalo Bills, that's like our hometown sports team, he did some live stream and he was basically just like, everybody come and hang out with me. And so there's like fucking thousands of people literally like hanging out and he was doing stuff like that. And I'm over here rolling my eyes of just like, there are so many other things because like what he was giving away was like a gaming chair. And I'm like, I don't fucking need a gaming chair. But Andrew was sitting there and Andrew's like, yo, you need to watch this live stream and you need to enter your email so we can have two things going. But it's like, I was 
was on the other end and I was surprised at how quick time went, even being a viewer that wasn't interested because all of a sudden I'm watching all these people pop in their email addresses and they're guessing these numbers and they're blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it feels chaotic sometimes where you're just like, where am I? And then you like, look at the time and you're like, Andrew, we have been on Von Miller's live stream for two hours and haven't won a damn thing, my guy. Like we are going to bed. We're gonna chalk it up as a lose. No, but it's 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 first of all, why did you stay there? Because he was entertaining, right? And 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 entertainment doesn't has to be these uh, little nice picture. I mean, like this little nice environment where yeah. you know. It, entertainment is like you you're drawn into it you know there's something that makes you drawn into it you want to stay there you want to know what's next you want to there's like uh, emotion played i i know a streamer she's so awesome at playing emotions like this is like a double-edged sword so it's not always recommended but when you're really good at that she will make you cry laugh you know have anticipation like you you go through all this set of emotion in 30 minutes. And you you end of this, your your art is like you're like, oh my God, what just happened? You know? And and so this is just, I think, what's the power of it. Like when you have someone that has charisma and and know how to have fun, you have fun with them, right? And that's that's I think what's what entertainment is in some way, in a different way than just watching a show and binging it. And I think what's the value of live streaming, just to go back a little bit on that, is that you are part of something, right? That happening at this instant. You're part of this community of other people watching and living the same experience as you do at that moment, right? And only the people that are watching it live can live that experience. Because the other one, you know, when you watch a recording of live, it's kind of boring. I, I, I have to say, you know, personally, I, you know, people say, oh, I watched the live. They say, well, was it recording? Yeah, I love it. You know, it's like, what do you love about it? You know, like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Um, but, 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 you know, I, I think that's what's the, and I, and I should not say that because, you know, 60% of sales come from the recording. So yeah, please continue watching the recording <laughs> of the live. But what I'm saying is like, I personally love the live. Um, but I think it's like, it's part, you're part of this community. And then as people engage, you also, what we see is like, when you start building a channel of around live stream, you start to know also all the others that are watching, because it's not only you that is coming back every week or whatever, right? It's, uh, it's uh, Jennifer and, 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 and Nicholas and, and Sam and all that. And, and you'll start engaging and say, Hey, Sam, where were you on last time? Sam was telling him about his dog, whatever. And then people start to engage. And, and I think it creates this sense of community. That, um, you know, I think I think as an e-commerce brand, uh, I think we tend to forget that uh, community is it's it's super important. And the other thing I think we tend to forget is that every business today is a media business. And if we don't think about it this way, uh, we are going to fail. And so people want to be entertained. They want to be part of something. And me and you creating content, recruiting, being a media company makes that um, you uh, business being successful. Um, so I don't know if I was clear with all the sensor, but uh, that's kind of me rambling here. <laughs> so clear. I love that. Just wanted to slide in here mid-episode and fill you in on some cool things quick. So we are in our third season of Curiously Guided, and there's nothing that fires us up more than making this podcast and hearing all the positive impacts it's having on our listeners. 
up until this point, this has been a pure passion project, but we've got bills and expenses for this podcast, y'all. If you have the means and would love to support us in creating new episodes, feel free to head over to curiouslyguided.com slash support to buy us a coffee. And if you want even um, a deeper dive, we're excited to offer, we're going to now um, start doing some strategy sessions where you get both Mariah and I's brains on your business. And um, there's nowhere else in the world where you can, We Mariah and I both don't work with people in such micro ways. So this is kind of a cool thing to get both of us looking at your business in kind of like a one-off strategy session. Just imagine us two and you together diving deeper on your business business, marketing, sales, and everything in between, um, all while filtering it through the lens of strategy energetics and energetics, which you know is our style. So if you want to learn more about what working with Mariah and I could look like, head on over to our website, curiouslyguided.com slash session to get the details. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate you so, so much. Now let's get back into the episode. I definitely agree. I, and I do think we're starved for community, especially after the pandemic. And I can see, I, I, I have that on, on online and it's funny how you meet these strangers. And then if you see them again, you're like kind of friends. And I think that's really cool. And I never thought about this as a way to facilitate community, but um, I know e-commerce brands can sometimes struggle with that. So I could see that being a huge benefit for building the brand. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think if you, Again, I, I'm going to point at China again. It's because it's kind of like a, a very interesting, uh, you know, separate ecosystem in some way, and you know, bubble in some way as well. I'll say, but uh, in China, email there's no email, or, or, or no one is checking their email if if there are any, right? So how do you do as a brand to actually create a relationship with your you, your shopper, right? Wow. That's when you when you don't have that. Well, people do what they do, community on WeChat, right? So um, kind of like the WhatsApp just created that community feed or Telegram has a community feed or whatever. So, and now all of a sudden, like you go to a store and then someone say, hey, do you want me to add you on my WeChat? And now I have a relationship with you and I can engage with you through that. Um, when we look at the stage of email marketing today, right? How many emails are you receiving on your uh, on your emails every day? Like thousands of them, right? And like, I'll say 95% are irrelevant emails or someone trying to sell you something. So I think at some point, people will be fed up with email in the, in the Western market too. And and how are you going to manage to communicate with all the those uh, uh, shoppers that are tuning out of emails, right? So I think that's why SMS marketing is really interesting, all this SEO strategy and all that to, to bring them back in. But but I think thinking about creating a community, I think it's something that people should think about because I think in five years from now, most likely every single business will have a community. That's that's kind of my 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 feel about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I feel like especially for e-commerce, 
it's a little bit more difficult because it's like, I've been a service provider for ever since I started my business. And like, I am my brand and like the service that I provide. So it's me going out to selling basically what's in my brain. And so it's kind of like my brand is me. And so it's easier to like showcase who I am and just like my authenticity and everything be like in comparison to being able to figure out how to showcase my personality when it's like I have a product that isn't directly attached to like my brain. And this is just falling on like the the best day because right before this interview, I had a call with a client and we created an SEO foundation for her and everything. And I was like, okay, now your SEO foundation is solid. Like we are like good to go. Now we have to start driving traffic to the site. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, Google judges your site on over 200 factors. I was like, some of those, like, we have to be doing other things. SEO can't be your sole marketing strategy. Like, especially in the beginning, this website, we just launched it in December. And like, it's doing really well for what it is. But if like, we want to add fuel to the fire and she's coming from a perspective of owning a local like eyeglasses shop. And so then she started like an online on uh, eyeglasses retailer. And she's like, it's just like a completely different beast. And so I'm trying to give her examples basically of like, reach out to your community. You have, she's in Florida. I was like, you have people, you have colleges, you have like, people need nice, affordable glasses. But it's like, she was kind of just like, I thought that e-commerce would be so much easier to do. Like she just had this assumption just because it's online and she doesn't have to pay rent to like own an actual like retail store. She was like, I thought that this would be easier. And I was like, yeah, but when you have a retail store, you can do exactly what you said. Hey, what's your thing? So we can connect with you on text message or sign up for my email list or join this group or whatever. You have that face-to-face -face interaction. When you're online, it goes back to what you were saying in the beginning of like, you're yelling, but like, how do you get people to hear you? And I think that like, especially for e-commerce, I've worked with other clients where it's like e-commerce feels like this different beast that other marketing strategies don't work as easy for. Mm -hmm. And so I, I feel like there's just like this big gap in the market for e-commerce people, but they also need community because we know that once somebody buys a product once, they're not only more likely to buy again, they're more likely to tell their friends to buy. And so it's like, having solutions and being able to use video and like live streaming to just be able to reach more people, I think is especially helpful in the mm. e-commerce arena. Yeah, absolutely. And and <clears throat> there's something else I would like to add to, to this community aspect, because I think, you know, community is a word that we kind of throw away, uh, a kind of a little bit of everything and nothing. And for me, community is not having followers or it's not, you know, having clients. Community is is having fans that are actually want to know more about you, want to engage with you, want to care about you, care about your product, care to tell others. Uh, but, but you don't get that by just having them to buy from you. Uh, community has to be an exchange. And so you have to invest in your community. You have to to show yourself at your best, at your worst, you have to engage with them, share them some cool news, some bad news, some, um, you know, give them something to make them feel part of something special. And I think that's why live stream, I think I love it because I think it's part of that crew, that 
foundation of community uh, but you know uh, and, and community is very hard especially digitally uh, digital community are hard but i think once you have those foundation um that that tend to naturally grow so what can you do uh is it a facebook group is it a, a slack is it a, you know a community on circle is it a, you know tr trying to find a space for you to actually being able to have those dialogue is it like using the new whatsapp feature or whatever but trying to find a place where you can have a a, a, a dialogue between you and your customer and also and, and also non-customer because you know part of the com community doesn't have to be people that will buy from you maybe they will buy from you only in five years from now and or, or maybe they will be just partner they just love what you're doing you're not in their segment but they just love so much what you're doing that they come uh, an, uh, an evangelist for what you do so so this is what community is for me and and i think it's really important to not say oh i have thirty thousand followers and because and and you know that's not community because I've tell you you know like we, I have seen people that have thirty thousand followers doing a live and there's no one showing up and I have people doing a, a two thousand followers and then you have two thousand people showing up and 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 that is the difference between community and follower right following is easy right you you put a click and maybe you get paid for that or not paid but like there's an incentive for you to to make to to follow that thing doesn't mean that you engage and and you want to know more right so. How do you create that sense of community? It's something that also business owners should think about and and try to incorporate into your into their daily uh, into their daily activity. And and again, it's it doesn't has to be community is like SEO. I think in my view, right? It's something you start today uh, that's going to yield in two or three years from now. Uh, and if you do a little bit of every day and you have some sense of strategy about how you're going to make it happen you're going to see progress and it's going to be super slow and it's going to be like uh, you're thinking you're wasting your time and everything. But I promise you in two, three years from now, you'll be like, wow, I am actually building an asset that no one has. So that's kind of uh, what I'm, I'm thinking about it. Oh, I love that. We talk a lot about playing the long game in your business. And I really like that metaphor. Um, Nicholas, I'll be honest, you have me kind of inspired. I told I'm not a TikTok dancer. So I told myself like, oh, I can't do video content. So for all of us that are listening to your story and feeling like, hey, maybe I want to get involved with this. I've heard you say a few things like advice for someone trying to get started. You need a hook. You need a value proposition. You need thinking about community, what are the other key ingredients that I would need to kind of get my video process going? Yeah, I so I love this question. I think um, a, uh, the, the, the number one key to success is going back a little bit to that community aspect is consistency. At the end of the day, you can, uh, it's, this is the most important thing that people often forget, right? Everyone wants the, the quick win, right? Everyone wants to be rich tomorrow. Um, but that's not how this is going to work. And I, I, I always refer, uh, my audience or the people that I work with my clients saying the same things, like how many dollars, uh, did the producers of avatar spent for you to turn into the movie theater? They probably spent a lot of money for you to go there. Right. Now think about your favorite show on TV, your favorite show on TV. How many dollars did it spend for you to watch this show? Probably zero. And why do you know it's it's because it's just it's cool, you love it and everything you've seen once, maybe your friend told you about it or anything. 
And and you know that's every Tuesday it's there or every Wednesday or every Thursday or whatever that cadence is. And so that's what consistency does for you. Like hold the listener of the show. Like I'm sure you 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 Maria and and she, you you haven't spent a dollar in advertisements like paid advertisement to to tell it, but all you still have listeners. You build a a, a community of listeners, and they told their friends. That told their friends, and then someone figured out, like maybe at some point the algo push you up a little bit. But this is what it is, right? Consistency is what makes the show uh, successful uh, and good content. So eighty percent of your success is going to be on consistency, and then the twenty percent is you have to experiment. So try things out. You know, swear, don't swear. Uh, you know, uh, go crazy on the video, don't go crazy on the video. Uh, do your your proposition 10 different way do i mean and, and see what stick what doesn't what people react to because you will see like at some point you know if nothing happened there's no chat no engagement oh, it's boring and then you, you you feel yourself dying and then once you have something that works that tick you see engagement going up people liking starting to chat and everything even if it's five people you know that oh i'm on something i have a signal that this this thing worked right this thing worked so Next time you just take that and you expand on it and see and, and you go back on it. I and I think that's that's the beauty of 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 uh, being live and experimenting, be consistent. Because at the end of the day, you know, once upon a time there was um, you were creating a product video that has the was doing the whole lifetime of that video, right? So you were shooting the you launch your video product, you do a video, you put it on your website, and then that video will follow you forever, right? Until you decide to kill this product. In today, DNA, right, uh, with TikTok and all that, that video will have a, a, a life of what, maybe a day, two, a week, if you're lucky, two weeks, maybe, you know, so so you can't be wrong. <laughs> That's what I want to say, right? That video, you know, in two weeks from now won't be viewed again, like very barely viewed. So it's all about producing, 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 and and keeping fresh and so it, it gives you this opportunity to try and explore and again and test again um and so that's i think what's the that's the consistency is and and, and experimentation are, are the two big takeaway yeah and that's just so in line with literally everything we say on the podcast Seriously. in every in every single episode <laughs> we're like go out there and collect the data points <laughs> it's like well the because experimenting with the consistency it's a good in the 80 20 i love that yeah. And it's just, that's all it is. That's what every single business owner is literally ever doing. And like our business continues to evolve as we evolve. And I think it just comes down to like, in which arena do you want to grow? Because you don't have to grow in all arenas at like one time. It's like, you don't have to be amazing at live video today and amazing at SEO and amazing at sales calls and amazing at all of these things. It's like, have some store like some form of foundation or stability in your business and then spend maybe 20% of your time just allowing yourself to experiment. I think that that is really grounding of just like, listen, we're not jumping both feet into this because I still want one foot on the ground. Um, and the other thing is like, when I first got into creating videos, I don't do live streams, but YouTube videos and like I'll do short form videos and stuff like that. 
even just recording videos in the beginning was like my heart was beating out of my chest and it was like bitch you can delete this like nobody's even like watching you right now but it's it was like something about just like me staring into the camera and like nobody being there and me feeling like I'm I'm talking to myself and then I internally feel like some big idiot because I didn't get it right and blah 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 and I've gone live on Instagram a few times and I've just learned that like nothing has to be perfect. It never will truly. And it's like, I imagine if you're doing live streams about a product that you sell, it's like the first live stream is probably going to be shit and you're probably going to laugh about it. It's the same thing about my YouTube videos. Yo, my first three, A, I don't think that I ever stepped out of a tanning bed. Like my skin is straight up orange on my first YouTube videos and like, yuck, but they still get views. I'm just, and then I'm like, yo, I need to create a new one. So you guys stop watching this one. But it's like, just know that when anybody starts something new, whether it's video, whether it's live streaming, regardless, you're gonna suck at it. So like how cool that everybody sucks at it, especially yeah. when they first start. Uh, and I have a big secret. Uh, so when, when you create a two-minute video, it generally takes you three, four hours because of everything you say, right? Oh, you want to cut this and that and, and redo this piece and redo that, redo that, right? If you want to do a 30-minute live stream, uh, it will take you 30 minutes uh, because, you know, you press the button and there you go. <laughs> you, and you know, good you, luck. You, can't, <laughs> you, you can't get out of it. You know, you're here, you're in. And so I didn't, and, and you know, what's the beauty of this is that, well, you, you've created your 30 minute live stream, but like you have actually 30 minutes of content right now and, and it's recorded and the four hours you were going to put to create that two minute video, right? Like you've, you've recorded half hour of content, right? And, and we all know that when we start something, we are nervous, but then by, by five minutes, we, we, well, we are just all all natural. We are going into our best our product we know them by art and everything so we're actually doing really good content so there's this thing called uh you know repurposing you take this content you clip it up and then you can create three four five video now with this 30 minute video and they're really good actually so you know and, and if you think about it right it's it's really um instead of trying to be perfect which is super super hard you know, go at it, try out the natural will come back and you're going to create that. You, you will find your, you will find a place where you like yourself enough for, and then you use that as the thing you use to, to create that video. And so, so that repurposing is something that uh, you can actually save a lot of time. It's very counterintuitive, but when you, when you're in it, you actually can, can get it. And I think if everyone that went through like uh, this idea of product producing content, uh, we will we'll, we'll have this 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 uh, this understanding. So, yeah, one thing we've been talking about with sales in particular lately is this idea of like it's almost an advantage these days to be a little imperfect, to be a little unpolished, and that buyers, when they see you being human and having to fit everything into thirty minutes and maybe stumbling on your words, that builds a lot of trust because they're seeing you as a human instead of seeing this perfectly polished, scripted. Uh, took 20 hours to plan out things. So I see it being efficient for a business owner, but also working really well to like build that trust and that kind of human connection with your customers. 
Yeah, absolutely. That the authenticity is really a, a key element. Now, it doesn't mean it's it's not because it's not produced uh, and not scripted that it should not be polished, right? Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, what what I always recommend my 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 clients and the people that are doing live streaming altogether, where wherever you're doing it, like if it's on Poshmark or eBay or wh wherever you want to do it, is have a blueprint, right? Try to outline like what you're gonna say. You know, like, just like, uh, hey, the first five minutes, I'm going to do this. The, the next six minutes, I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to bring this product. Make sure you have all the things together. And creating a blueprint will probably take you, what, 15 minutes. But you'll have this outline. It's ready. And I'm not saying, like, you should say word for word what you're going to say. No, it's like just, you know, bullet point and everything. So it feels ready. And now you can start moving away from all the fear of the unknown thing that could happen, which is basically you're on the live and you're like, okay, well, what's next for me? Like, what do I say? And and all that, because you kind of already have thought about it, but it's also giving you an opportunity to, because you think about it before, say, hey, what, wouldn't it be cool if I were to go and test this and and try that and all that? And so um, that's where I, I think, you know, authenticity is great, but it doesn't mean not being polished because, Let's be honest, there's nothing worse than being on the live. And then all of a sudden you've got, you know, uh, I don't know, like you, you forgot that the, the, the product that you had is actually on the other room. And now you have to de uh, remove all the back end, try to get there. And like, and people are like, no one is on the camera for five minutes. This is not, this is not like, it is not authenticity. I mean, yeah, it's, it is very authentic, but you, you, you want to have an authenticity, but still be a, a little bit polished. For so sure. the shows have uh, some uh, uh, some you know uh, entertainment value, I will say. Absolutely. Have you um, done a live stream for a product yourself? So yeah, so I I uh, I started the uh, uh, actually. So we are podcasting. We have this podcast called the Live E-commerce Podcast, where we we talk about you know everything live stream e-commerce and and. Uh, um, and content creator, content creator economy every every week. And then I had one of the guests that was like a, obviously a big streamer, a marketer. And she was saying, I do live stream short, five minutes podcasting. And I'm like, oh, wow, what a cool idea. And so I started to do that too. Uh, so I don't sell product, but I just do five minutes live streaming, um, you know, as a, as a podcasting. And that's that's been really uh, interesting, right? Because again, um, if you look at the live stream landscape, I don't know if you all remember or if you've seen that during uh, the pandemic, but there was this guy, this 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 kid that was streaming eight hours a day. And on his eight hours, he was uh, reading a book or doing studies. <clears throat> it's crazy. And every hours at some point without you knowing what what time was, he was, he was going to speak for five minutes. And it's crazy but this kid had sometime over half a million people watching his live and he was doing a live every day, right? Think about it. Half a million people watching someone reading a book and like just talking. So imagine that, right? So eight hours of life and all these live are eight hours and you, all of them is like, is reading and you see him doing that, you know. So there is a lot of opportunity of innovating per se into the long form or in, also into the very short form. And so I think that's really cool because you do, it doesn't have to be the QVC style. You know, you can think about like, what about if you are, if you have a store 
what would it take for you to actually be live on that from that store? And like, and and you you try to find a way where at every you know put your, your cadences, you know, trying to be innovative and try things. And I think that's what um, what you, you can do some really cool stuff and be innovative and see if it works and stick. You know. I remember during the pandemic, uh, Dave Portnoy from Barstool got like so many views from him just like unboxing people like sending him frozen pizza. <laughs> and like everybody was like, oh my God, did you see Portnoy open up the pizza? And I'm just, you know, yet again, another thing that Andrew makes me watch. But it's interesting because I, it was through that and the Von Miller one that I realized that it's like, it's the anticipation of like, A, not knowing what's going to happen. You mm -hmm. don't know when it's going to end and you don't want to miss out. Like the Dave Portnoy one, it was like everybody, since everybody was stuck at home, like everybody was talking about it or like reposting memes or just like videos on it. And I was like, well, fuck, I don't want to miss out on like the one thing that he's going to say or do that gets, I don't know, that people start making fun of him about. And then it's like, I miss out on that. I'm just like, what do you mean? I want to be able to watch it live. So it was like the anticipation of like what was going to happen, I think is definitely it's part of it too, but I do think that there has to be like a foundation of confidence in yourself and a confidence of like what you're live streaming about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, it's it's like everything, right? You have to set expectation, right? When you when you go to a SEO campaign, you have to think about what's your strategy and why you're building this, right? Are you building this to to reach out the, to the to every president of the world to make sure that they read your content, or are you building this because you want uh, all the mum and in the in the planet to read it? So, at the end of the day, it's the same thing with live streaming. Like, what is what is your target audience? What do you want to get out of it? And and you have to think about the way you want to build the content to make it that audience to find somewhat relevant for what they do every day, or is it you know so. So yeah, it, it's it it comes down to that layer of strategy. It doesn't have to be overly strategized, but you have to think through that at some point, and then just trying to operate under those parameters to to be cons and to be successful. Yeah, having some kind of outline as an anchor when you're doing anything is a really nice confidence builder. When you feel like you're drifting off, it helps you bring it back and go in one clear direction. So I, I appreciate that. It, it's kind of like Yes, we want to be authentic, but probably not too authentic, but not completely. Like we want to have a nice yeah. balance there. Um, Nicholas, I have a, a kind of personal question for you and we can cut this out if you don't want to answer it. But you mentioned at the beginning, you're really driven by food. And so I, you, and then you said we had to drop the food piece of this. So I'm wondering what about the project now, like really is lighting your fire and like feeding your creativity and passion? Well, the, the it's a, uh... Uh, it's a good, uh, it's a good question. I, I, uh, I, so I was, I was driven by food because that's, that's kind of like where I was coming from. And, and ultimately what, what I was mostly on, on the food side, I was really working with farmers on, and, and, you know, on the fair trade and on the, on the organic movement. That's really what, what really drive me and how do we, uh, give an opportunity for underserved communities and under or underserved farmers to to get to and access markets that they may not have have today um 
well, and in the end, when I'm thinking about live streaming and where we are today, I, I it, it does still resonate to me in that way. And it's no longer farmers, but there's a lot of people today that are struggling getting their products out. And I, I, I love to be, uh, you know, that, that resource that they can call on and say, hey, Nicholas, this is, uh, you know, we have this, this community where people will come and just, you know, shoot like, hey, I did this live and now I'm having to watch this 20 minute live and and, and say, can you help me out? Think about it. And they haven't do it on Poshmark or some other places, but I, I'm going to take the time and, and give them a couple ideas on how, what they could do to improve it. And I think that's, that's really what drives me is trying to build a, trying to see that, you know, there, there are also ways to, to help entrepreneurs, brands and creators to, to be better. And that's, that's really what's uh, drive me because at the end of the day, you know, we, we all want to have financial independence. And I think, you know, monetize, monetizing your content, monetizing your product is, is a great way of, of being financially dependent. Right. So, so that's really what, what drives me. Like if I can help someone to be successful, then I'm excited. Uh, so that's kind of, uh, the short answer, which was very long. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. I definitely have the entrepreneur spirit too. And I, I resonate with that of just like you said at the beginning of like, there's all these people with really great ideas, really great products. And we're at a really cool time. Where we have all this tech to get it out in the world. So it's like, how do we bridge the gap? Like, how do we help these people get more screen time so they can chase their dreams? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just, I see it so often with my own clients in like my e-commerce clients, like I said before, it's like, there's just so many marketing strategies out there that I feel like that are really for service providers that these e-commerce and like these brands, they're smaller, but like you said, they have great products and like, they give a shit, like they give a shit about their people and who they're, who they're serving. But it's like, there's so many marketing strategies that just are overwhelming or outdated or like, just not very helpful for them. And I, I think that being able to really utilize video, but not video in the way that we kind of made jokes about during this thing where it's like, we're dancing and hopping around and lip syncing and whatever. And it's like, what if you just showed up on video, even if nobody was watching and just talked about this, this product baby that essentially yeah. that like you created <laughs> I think that there's just, there's so much power behind that. I, I, you know, I, I cannot encourage the audience more to watch one, one use case on the, on the video side and they're not doing live streams. So, and you know, so don't, uh, I have nothing, uh, in their success, nothing to do with that success, but I think it's really interesting what they've done. So the company is called Battlebox. Uh, John Roland is a CEO and I think it's, a. Uh, literally like a five people shop, but they, they sell for, there's a multi-million dollar company, e-com company, you know, very few people can, can scale big with e-commerce. That's what's the beauty of it. Right. But they had a video first content strategy from day one, and it's just fascinating. And, um, what happened is that they went, um, they, they, they kind of find their niche by uh, doing influencer marketing and, and having influencer using their product in real life and then finding that one of the creator was really, really resonating and was really driving sales, ending up hiring the guy and starting to produce more and more of it. So much so that they were spotted by Netflix, did a, a seven-series show, uh, and then, you know, and, and, and whole 
out of this team of e-commerce another super successful you know made acquisition in the, but still like thinking video first right and then when you talk to them and say like, well we are a video company and we end up selling we end up selling stuff but initially we were selling stuff and video was a thing so i think you know I love to to point those guys out because their video is not about uh, dancing, uh, it, but it's they take the product and they put it in the environment where that uh, those product belong. So they they have a, a, a nice setting, right? They do a, a outdoorsman uh, gears, so you know tents and stuff like that. So they end up doing those cool thing, right? They're doing a tent, going at night, and then you know doing a marshmallow party, and then the marshmallow bird fire, whatever, all those things that could be funny or not. Uh, or like could be sometime, you know, like, you know, all dormant stuff will do. So it's entertaining, but you see the product in his real life and you'll just relate to them, to that group that doing those. And, and, and yeah, it's, it, it becomes part of your daily thing. You want to watch and know more and, and yeah. And you get that, uh, uh those product and they super successful. So, so what I want to say is that, uh, if you don't feel that you can do it, like maybe in your in your customers, maybe some are already doing it and you just don't know. Like you should explore that. Or maybe you have someone in your team that you don't know but love your product so much is actually talking about your product on social media. And what what would it take for you to elevate that person and give it a shot by giving more food in the sense of no more food, like but giving more leeway of of trying out and introducing more content, trying to see if that person can rise from from the rank, especially for big retailers, right? Like when we have like thousands of employees, there is someone in these in these thousands that can make this and crush it like you will never imagine. So um as that's what I'm saying. Like people are full of resources. Just try as a as a leader. Maybe if you if you're a leader first is because it's not you can't do everything and you know that and so who in your circle can do it for you and already do it very well, um, and that's what I will encourage people to look at. That's really fantastic advice. You know, I'm curious um, what's on the horizon for Eastreamly. What do you guys have in the pipeline? What should we expect for the future? <laughs> oh well, it's what's on the horizon for Eastreamly right now? Where it's like uh, so. Uh, we, we are trying to, for us is like, it's all about like removing that friction, right? It's like, how do we make it easy? It's always about like making it easy, making it easy. So that's really what we are trying for. And it's like making it easy for the brand owner to sign up in a sense of like, okay, I already have this e-commerce. I can just plug in there. So that's, that's something we're working on. And then the next thing is like, this is something we we are working on. We we don't have an answer yet, but like the big problem I'm trying to solve today is like, how do I help those brands getting into places that they are not today? That's like, how do we get more eyeballs to a piece of content in a more auto, I won't say automated way, but like in a in a in a in a more um, holistic way. And that's that's something that I'm trying to very hard. I would love to have an answer of like saying, "Hey, I have the solution for that," but I don't today. Um, but that's what I'm trying to 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 achieve. Um, so, yeah, it's it's like that question of like, how do we start building a community? Like, where do we want to build it? How do we want to build it? That type of thing. And then it's like, how do we drive traffic to the website? How do we expand visibility in a way that doesn't burn us out? 
Yeah. I feel like that's kind of like, that's the question for online business owners always. Yeah. Except that uh, the chance we have for us is like, you're producing the content. So the content is there and then the video is shoppable where the video is. So then the, the, the question is like, how do I transpose that piece of content? And I put it as many places as possible in the world. So as many, you have as many chance to see it. And that's what I'm trying to solve, right? Because because now if like wh- wherever you are watching this, you can actually shop and it's go to your e-com. And so what I'm saying is like, you know, we right now, why e-commerce has to be just from your place, right? We are moving to this no UX commerce, headless commerce. You're, you're using email marketing today to drive sales. You're using SMS marketing to drive sales. Like on the video side, why do you have to see video only on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram? You know, what are the other places where video can be there, can be shoppable? And that's, that's you know, is it on a, you know, website or like on a blog, on someone else's blog? It's like trying to find a way, like, is it on the gas station? I mean, you know, like there is screen everywhere, right? So mm-hmm. how do we get to those screens? That's that's something I'm, uh, I am trying to see if I can crack this code. Um, I don't know if I have an answer yet. So but <laughs> if anyone has, you know, feel free to reach out. I, I would love to chat with you. <laughs> That's kind of the point of this podcast. I appreciate you sharing that of like, what are the questions that we are tangoing with right now? And a lot of times when you ask those questions to enough people, all of a sudden everyone starts piecing answers together. So I love that. And it's kind of an awesome segue. Um, We always like to close the episode down by asking our guests, what is sparking your curiosity like in your personal life right now? What makes you feel curious or what kind of rabbit holes have you gone down? Oh, I, I, uh, it's, there are a couple rabbit holes. Um, one is, uh, related to space, uh, you know, and, and everything that, uh, space has to offer, uh, like the interplanetary, are we going to be, uh, in interplanetary spaces? That's, that's the big, uh, the big thing. And like how, how things works. I mean, and all that, I think that's, that's really cool. This notion that, um, I, I don't know, I'm just fascinating by this. And then the other thing is, uh, that has nothing to do with uh, liquid biopsy um, is this notion that genetics can, uh, you know, like when you have cancer, uh, or, you know, there's piece of DNA that is releasing on your blood. And um, basically, you know, you, when you start to, to dig into that blood samples, you can actually spot those piece of DNA and, and then that will help you to identify, for instance, if you go through a cure of cancer, then you 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 will be able to know in that uh, more more in advance with a more, more precise time if yes or no you you still have it after the treatment or anything. So uh, I just found that 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 genetic aspect of it like uh, really interesting and really fascinating, and they are very different topics, but uh, that they really sparked my curiosity right now. Um, so. <laughs> It's nothing yeah, it, with food, unfortunately, but uh... <laughs> no, but I mean, like that ties in line, I think, with just your passion for innovation across all different arenas here. It's like with health and with technology and with with everything, with business, with food, all of it, innovation and just continuing to evolve. Um, okay, Nicholas. So if people are trying to learn more about Extremely, learn more about you and your community and kind of what you guys have going on, can you just let our listeners know where they can find and connect with you? 
Yeah, so you can always go to our site, uh, E-S-T-R-E-A-M-L-Y.com. So eStreamly, um, and uh, you can book a, book a time uh, for like a, an appointment or anything. We have my, my calendar is there. Um, otherwise, you can uh, reach out to me directly on social media, LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's, um, and my name is Nicholas, Nico, Nicholas, Nick, whatever you prefer to call me. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be active. And then we also have the community, the live e-commerce community called, uh, uh, it's uh, the live e-commerce community. It's uh, uh, community.estreamy.com, where if you will just passionate, curious, um, uh, you know, wanting to know more about uh, live shopping, you feel free to come. And if you're not using it for me, that's okay. You know, we have plenty of people that are not using it and just uh, come in and grow with us all together because by sharing, I think this, uh, the whole ecosystem grows. So, so that's, uh, that's where you can find me. Okay. Awesome. We will put all of the links to all of that good stuff below in the show notes. Nicholas, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I think that this episode was so great. So if you guys enjoyed this episode, like we did, feel free to screenshot it and share it on social media or share the link with a friend, maybe an e-commerce shop, somebody that might be interested in maybe exploring more about live video and growing community. And if something popped out to you, totally DM us. We love connecting with you guys. We want to hear if this episode inspired you to do some live streaming, please reach out. We'd love to hear a little bit more. I'm certainly feeling encouraged. And as always, thank you so much for listening and for your continued support. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review so we can all continue to grow together. And until next time, remember you have the power to create whatever the hell you want. Follow the nudge, ask questions, and let curiosity guide the way. We'll see you in the next episode.